It's the Right Hook Health Checkup, joined by Dr. Kira Kelly, Greystones GP, and of course the regular co-presenter of this segment. Dr. Kelly, welcome to the programme. Thank program. you very much, George. Now, normally I get all uh, attempt to be funny and make light of conditions. The first few questions here have kind of worried me, so I'm going to be deadly serious, all right? 20-year-old with a slight tremor in his hands. Worry? Not necessarily. I mean, a lot of people have have a resting tremor, even young people. Um, and mostly, it doesn't mean anything. Now, I, you, the difficulty and I suppose the shortcoming that we have with the show, even though we're obviously quite brilliant, you and I, at, at diagnosing things at, at a remove, um, we, we can't say for sure that there's nothing. But there are certainly lots of innocent reasons why you might have a tremor. Some people would just have a little bit of a shaky hand. Uh, I would suggest that occasionally... In this country, 20-year-olds have shaky hands because they're hungover and all that kind of stuff too. And I'm not saying that's the case with this young man, but that certainly could be the case in some instances. Um, and, and it may be something and nothing. So, so you know, a benign tremor is very common and I wouldn't necessarily be concerned about it. She says that he's been off to the doctor and had bloods done and all that. So I imagine this has been assessed to a certain extent. And I would think it's probably no big deal. Some people do get it as well from anxiety. A little bit of anxiety can give somebody a slight tremor as well. And that wouldn't be that uncommon in that age group. All right, okay, really? That's yeah, no, I, 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 yeah. I was all depressed about it. Uh, We're no, not outruling something neurological, right. but, but we, we, it's not necessarily the case. But another son, 21, Dan, has a type of reflux when he plays football or when he comes out of the shower. He's fairly fit. His heart was checked. He's pretty good, so reflux. I find it very strange to think someone would have reflux coming out of the shower. Reflux, for example, gets worse when you lie down. Um, do you know but reflux it, comes after food too, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Reflux is, is well, well, there's different types of reflux, but when people use the term like that generically, they generally mean uh, stomach reflux, so that the contents of your stomach are refluxing back up into your esophagus. Um, so I would suggest that, is there anything he can do? Yes, he could take, and you can buy them over the counter. You can take quite powerful antacids um, and that can help with reflux. Give me the name of it. Because you recommend Nexium. It for... Nexium, yeah. is probably, Nexium is probably the best over-the-counter one. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Um, now, having said that, for anyone listening who kind of goes, oh, that's great, I'll go off and get myself a bit of Nexium. If you're taking Nexium on a regular basis for more than a couple of weeks, you need to go and get checked to make sure we're not missing anything. All right. But it's certainly in the short term, if you're just somebody young and having, having a, yeah. a minor problem, that's fine to take. Yeah, it was your finest moment when I think I'm having a heart attack <laughs> in Chicago and I telephone you in the middle of the night, but breakfast your time. You tell me, ring the cardiac surgeon, the ambulance and everything. And then you say, well, look, if you don't want the surgeon, the hospital and the ambulance, go to the chemist and get a packet of Nexium. <laughs> So I, I you, got a packet you, of Nexium and it was fine. Fabulate hook, you really do. You make but up things. But that's true. I got a packet of Nexium and it was fine. Uh, and yeah. it was it didn't, it didn't happen like that. That is not how all that happened. But it was. Re- and interestingly, and seriously, like all these things, there are oh, people don't realise every drug has a side effect. Yes, drugs do have forget side that. Yeah. And <clears throat> as you know, I'm on Pradaxa because I have arrhythmia, a regular heartbeat. And in fact, uh, the, the, the reflux is very often a side effect of taking Pradaxa. Yeah, and actually that's very true that quite a lot of medications can upset your stomach. So people who are on anti-inflammatories, people who are on steroids, people, there's all sorts of drugs that can upset your stomach and give you reflux. Um, and so a lot of people on those types of medications would actually take things like Nexium. I, there's a couple of questions here. Uh, which relate to my expertise. So I thought I'd Go get first. there fairly quickly. It, there's a fellow has a lump on his elbow and now he has another lump. He has two lumps on his elbow. 
And he says, could it be related to the gout? Because he suffers from gout. It could very easily be related to the gout. It could be. It? What gout does is be, it, it lays down these, these crystals, these, what we call gouty tofi, typhi. Um, and what happens, I'm going to tofu. But they, they, so they do form lumps around the joint and they can be painful and all that kind of stuff. It's very hard for us to know if this guy's lumps are, are gout related because we can't see his elbow. No, but but is also- it possible? Yes. Yeah, but Tony is his name. But he says, should I have it looked at? And I'm astonished he would actually ask us. The question he's asking us is really, should I have it looked at? And of course, the answer is, of course, you should have yes, it looked at. Absolutely. I mean, you don't normally have lumps in your elbow. So, no, but, but it, it's interesting the gout thing, because if you don't mind me going to the next one, he has high cholesterol, 4.9 LDL, right? Okay. And he has high uric acid, 520. Okay. Right? He's on allopurinol. Good man. Get the the uric acid down. But the doc refuses to give him statins as he's 37 years of age. He's about a stone and a half overweight. Well, lose the bloody weight. No, that's very good advice. Yeah, um, and, and one of the things, if you, like statins aren't the be all and end all, and the jury is out about the benefits really in primary prevention rather than secondary prevention. And he is young and all that kind of stuff. And one of the things that's very important, bear in mind, even if you have a high LDL, which is your bad cholesterol, one of the things you can do to improve that immediately is to raise your good cholesterol because having a high good cholesterol is super important, and in fact, maybe better than having. Um, a low bad cholesterol. So so get yourself onto a bit of uh, omega-3 fish oils and eat your oily fish and all that kind of stuff because having high good cholesterol is really important too and lose the weight. Yeah, and, and, and he's saying there, oh, well, I'm not allowed to eat this and I'm not allowed to eat that because of my gout. Nonsense. There's no question that you can have a, a, a gout-friendly diet and lose weight. Yes, you can. A whole oil. The least... Uh, important thing in gout is diet, in my view. Like this, this it's nonsense. Like don't drink coffee or don't drink orange juice or the, the beer will bring on attack. All these things are actually true. But the real answer is get your uric acid down. You take allopurinol. Yeah. You're going to be on it for life. So just don't worry about it. Just suck it up. Yeah. But you would do do yourself an enormous amount of good if you lost a stone and a half. Of course you would, especially because any form of arthritis and gout is, is an inflammatory kind of arthritis. Any form of arthritis, if you're Heavy is worse because Correct. your joints are weight bearing. So your Correct. feet and your knees and all this. And how do you lose weight? Well, you have to eat more sensibly, George. You have to no, you eating sensibly, exercise. They're all wrong. Oh God, what are you going to say? Stop eating altogether. Well, pretty well. <laughs> And that was from Dr. Hook no, on the right hook, LJ. No, no, see, this is what you do all the time. You attempt to paint me in a corner as some sort of maverick uh, medical you don't, lunatic. You don't need me to do that, George. If you want to gain weight, you eat more. Yeah. If you want to lose weight, you eat less. Mm-hmm. I bet you if you looked at him, he's probably having three and a half meals a day. And, you know, he's eating on, you just eat less. Well, well, yes, I, I, I'm not arguing with that. That's fair enough. So you have breakfast of porridge. Yeah. You eat a lot of fruit. Yeah. You, 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 you have vegetables with dips in them. And so when you go to the fridge, like you don't go for, uh, I was going to say um, the, the uh, chocolate biscuits, but I don't keep them in the fridge, but I hide them somewhere else so Ingrid doesn't know. Um, but, you know, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's absolutely. Sorry, I thought you meant you would you would just stop eating altogether. And yeah, you do not that kind eat of between me. Perfect. Oh. And you don't eat before you go to bed. Yes. Right. So I'm not a maverick anymore. Not a maverick ever. Right. Thank you who, very much. Perish the thought. Next serious question. We alternate between serious and nonsense. 
Uh, people with severe anxiety, right? I mean, I'm amazed how many people have it. Yeah. He's just come, he or Paul, yeah, has come off Lexapro about six months ago. Now he's in a mess, right? He's on Valium and going back on Lexapro. I don't want to be on Lexapro, Paul says. What's he going to do? Okay, so so this is a guy with a history of anxiety. He's been taking an SSRI. He's come off and now he's relapsed. He's now on benzos, which is Valium, which I don't like, but he may need them in the short term if he's, if he's as he's saying, he's a mess. But but they're not the solution. And he doesn't want to be on medication and that's fair enough and it would be better if he wasn't. What should he do? Well, we need to look at other things. We need to look at, at talking therapies. CBT and anxiety management through those types of things are very effective. There Will are some... you explain CBT? Because it also is on strange uh, websites d- on d- my that, internet yes, when that, I looked that, it up. That, that nobody... Like, uh, no, I don't want some poor person looking up CBT on the website and then suddenly they're shocked and saying, what kind of a therapist is Kelly? Is she a Cog- sex therapist? Cognitive behavioural therapy is good. Thank you. I for, won't tell you what no, CBT is. You, you have already off air. Um, um, cognitive behavioural therapy is good for anxiety. Anxiety management classes are good. Aware has support groups. So there's loads of talking therapies. They're good. Get yourself some exercise. Can I just stop Pe- you? Go on. I'm sorry, I shouldn't stop you. Exercise is the other thing that I think is very important for anxiety. Um Exercise has been shown to be as effective as antidepressants, as effective as Lexapro. So you need to get out there. You need to be doing it almost every day and you need to be doing it for at right. least 30, 40 minutes of aerobic exercise. It's very good for calming you. And then you need to be practicing things like mindfulness and all that. It takes effort to do this without medication, but is it possible entirely? Thank Go on, George, sorry. I'm appalled by medication. I mean, like when... I'm not pushing I, I, medication. I know you're not. But like you get a, a, a Valium, which is a benzodiapine and or whatever. And all all, yeah. It's addictive, all this stuff. Tranquilizer. I, I get terrified. Like the, it, the, the anxiety and, and depression are probably one of the few illnesses where people are handed addictive drugs. Isn't that true? I know there are other ones, but like in general, yeah. we hand Up people addictive pain, yeah. drugs and then we say, you're going to be taking this for the rest of your life because you're going to become addicted to it. Nobody should be put on benzos for the rest of their lives. Um, yes, th- 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 That would be wrong. They, they have some use in the very short term if somebody's having panic attacks and all that until you get them a little bit better. But you don't get them better with things like benzos. But the They're only a stopgap. The exercise thing, yeah. you are so right. No, I think like, it's hugely even, important. Even people who are not, you know the way you, like I never ran a marathon, but when I go to the gym or I swim or I do, there's a fabulous feeling afterwards. There really is a good feeling. It yeah. releases endorphins or something. Yeah. And so therefore I could just imagine, you know, if you're depressed, like if, you, if, you're, if you're running or walking and you're looking at, like there's there's a theory green is good apparently and you know veg and all this but there's also a theory that looking at green fields is good looking at green yeah. is good yeah. so therefore you're out and you're running yeah. and walking I it, agree with you I, we are on the same page oh no page. We, we completely are and I actually prefer green exercise to gym based exercise I think yeah. if you're out in the fresh air Correct. with the wind blowing around you and you're by the sea or you're running through a field or you're running through a, a forest or whatever that's really good for you they, 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 the Swedes invented it. They called it fartlek, F-A-R-T-L-E-K, not just F-A-R-T. It has nothing to do with F-A-R-T. It's called fartlek. And it means you run and you walk and you run and then you walk so that you can actually do a number of miles. Whereas if you run all the time, you won't be able to run as far. Whereas if you use the fart-like method, you'll be able to go a lot further because you're running, walking, running, walking, running, walking. Combinations of of running, walking and walking, running are really, really good for people. Um, And it allows you to get fitter. 
I'm reaching extraordinary. You, you are kind of fantastic this week. 53106. If you send text message about your condition, Kira will answer it. 53106, number for your text messages on health. See, stay with this antidepressant. Look at another side effect here. My partner has taken antidepressant, listener says. Sex drive, gone. Yeah, no, and that's that, and that's. No, an, that doesn't even make you depressed. And that it? yes, and it does. It puts and it, it makes people feel bad about themselves, and it actually puts a strain in relationships. And there is definitely a trade-off, okay? Because you do have to bear in mind that some people, and, and and we've already, I hope, established that we don't think everybody who's depressed needs an antidepressant, but some people who do, and some people who are on antidepressants, will have that that lower libido, and they also have erectile problems and that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, and they have problems with. So or- why are you giving? these people this stuff when you're suddenly it's giving them erectile dysfunction erectile dysfunction difficulty gone. orgasming why? all that kind of stuff um, why because there has to be a trade off sometimes though George that sometimes people need a little bit more I, it, it depends right. and, and I, cause I, I never want to sort of dissuade somebody who might need medication from taking it because for some people it is part all of right. the solution but not be, all just be careful will you what have I done now? No, it's not what we're saying to the oh, yeah, 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 Just yeah. be careful about these drugs. That's oh, no, all no, we're no, saying. Do, but, but having See, s- like if I was depressed, I, I don't know which word I can use. There are a lot of words I can use to describe this exercise, but I can't use them on the radio. But a good dose of how's your father would probably, well, not to cure your depression, but at least it would be part of relating to your to your spouse yes. or your partner or, do, or whatever. And suddenly that's blown away. Hold on one second, though. Do bear in sex mind... Sex is good. I know you're opposed to it, but <laughs> sex is Actually, good. Actually, I'm a proponent of it. But, um, no, I agree with you. But here's the thing. People who are depressed often have low sex drives anyway. So it do isn't, they? It, yeah, they do. Not everybody... Uh, they just... They're, I was the opposite. The more depressed <laughs> I got the more I was thinking about it. They're in a bad place, some people, and the thought of having sex, the thought of being intimate, the thought of being physically uh, performing a hijinks or anything is quite daunting to them. And then the antidepressants can make that worse. Was I unusual then that I went the other That you were highly sexed and depressed at the same time. George, it's only you, you know what I mean? I, I just can... Your man says he has blood in his semen. Now, how does he know? I mean, he shouldn't be looking at it. Well, he might know if he uses condoms. Oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. Safe sex, George. We practice safe sex here on the right <laughs> not, hook. Not on the right, a, on the right in, hook health not, check. Not in our generation. Not in yes, our generation. Um, um, you see, I was the pill generation. And when they brought in the pill, we thought it was open season. Well, nowadays we would suggest that the pill is very good as a contraceptive that to prevent sort of prevent STIs no, I agree. we use condoms I agree so, so I, pr- I imagine maybe that's how he knows and, and that's a bad blood anywhere is a bad sign can we not say that blood anywhere is a bad sign he needs to go and get checked we, it may all be something and nothing but we yeah. can't say it is and you know what he, he's, he's, um, he's, he's a youngish fellow I think and I would suggest he absolutely needs to go well he's he, definitely a fella it's reasonably certain he's he a is, and I, I think he needs uh, an ultrasound of his testes and all that kind of stuff he Ooh. needs to go off no no it's painless it's no big deal you're not doing this thing again where you put a bicycle pump up no. there that's no, what no. you recommended L- last a little bit week. of jelly on the scrotum the scrotum has to make an appearance in every right hook health check a little bit of jelly on the scrotum and then they just put a little probe on top of it against the skin oh, no 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 painless oh, on top of the skin sure. painless utterly painless and they just have a look no I'm really worried about this there's a fellow looking at, at computer screens right now the only thing is half the population of Ireland is looking at computer screens eight hours a day but could this give him continuous heart palpitations and chest pain he's off sick from work at the moment no I really don't think so now Barry in Letterkenny says he also gets severe anxiety and hyperactivity could I venture to suggest it's not the computer screen 
something else. I think it might be the anxiety and the what having. Yeah. Um, I, 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 there's lots of things. People sometimes do get eye strain and stuff from being at a computer all the time. Sometimes people get headaches. Um, sometimes people even get wrist thing if they're using a mouse and they're getting. Oh, there's a name for that. An RSI. Uh, yeah. You know, you know RSI. all that. So, so, so yes. Repetitive stress injury. Strain. Yes, but strain it, but, but injury, yeah. good, close enough. Um, yes, but no, I don't believe that a computer can give you palpitations and stuff. But you know what can anxiety. And if this guy yeah. is very anxious, that sounds to me more likely to be the case. If Ingrid came home and said she wanted Botox in her forehead, should I be worried? Well, uh, it was actually a listener, not Ingrid. But the <laughs> listener's uh, wife, she's in her early 40s and she wants Botox in her forehead. Would you be worried? What, what's he worried about? Yeah. What's he worried about? I mean, is, he, is he thinking it's dangerous? Um, well, it's not dangerous. No, I no. listen, do you know what? What what are we going to say about that here? Each to their own, I suppose. Whatever. Yeah, I'm sure his wife is gorgeous without Botox in her forehead com- and doesn't necessarily need it. But you know what? That that I was coming down on the lift in Bermuda, head, heading for my dinner, and there was a, a trendy American couple, and the fellow was married to a dame quite a bit younger than him. But you could tell she had had something done to her face. What's the point of having it done to your face? If everybody knows you've had done to your face, I'm, why would you do I'm it? I'm inclined to agree with you, actually, in that I think less is more for all of those types yeah. of things. But well, you proved that. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's an insult or a compliment. <laughs> um, but I think less is more. I do think that it is better to look older rather than to look freakish. So I would, Correct, I would yeah. suggest that to any yeah. anybody who's considering. No, never go so far as you start to look weird because that, that's not a good look for anyone. You're better off looking old. Oh, listen, this is your favourite topic. Uh, from Eddie. I think he knows it's your favourite topic. That's why he sent text. Can you fix his toenail fungus? <laughs> Jesus, we have so much toenail fungus in this we studio. Do, yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah, but you're, um, very high, you're very uh, good on it. Uh, microwave your shoes, put calcium powder. Cal- micro- microwave your shoes? Microwave your shoes. You're put, kidding me. Or you can freeze them as well. Put calcium powder um, into your socks and your shoes. Get topical agents to start off with. And if that doesn't work, you may need to have um, an oral medication. But it is long. You would be on antifungals probably for six to 12 months. So I would always go topical initially. Kira. 45 years old, Fiona is. She is early menopause. She's been on HRT for the last... That's something, therapy. Yeah, hormone uh, replacement. Yeah, for the last three months. But now she has thrush. I thought thrush was an STD. No, it's not. Thrush is a fungal infection. You probably have thrush at your groin. It's probably what you have. Thrush is a fungal infection. Candidiasis is, is, is the official term. But people, I don't actually know where the name thrush comes from. But you can get it in your mouth or your throat Yeah, you can, or get or, you can get oral thrush. Because again, my dermatologist told me that she gave me stuff take, but if I took it, I might get thrush. Yeah. And then I should eat yogurt, she told me. Antibiotics can give you can give you thrush. Well, I told her she could stuff her antibiotics. I wasn't going to have thrush in my mouth. Um, you can get oral thrush, but you can also get genital, kind of a vaginal yeah. thrush and all that kind of stuff. I've more thrush than I need. Uh, and people do get perianal thrush and stuff like that too. Anyway, what, is it the HRT? It or? might be. Sometimes hormonal changes do affect things. Um, she needs to be treated. She needs to be treated. And what's more, her partner needs to be treated too because sometimes we make that mistake and we're treating the woman who has thrush and the partner has no symptoms, so they're getting no treatment but actually they're carrying it because it's passed sexually but it's not necessarily an STI you can get it without having sex oh well I certainly got it without having sex I can <laughs> confirm to the listenership that anybody's worried I'm sure they were all very worried oh and yeah, pain while urinating like if you have pain in that kind of area do not have it looked at why are you ringing us up 
you're oh, listen you're taking the words right out of my mouth um, pain and urination particularly a man is not normal um, you need to go you need to have a urine uh, test you need to have your urine looked at it needs to be sent off and if you have a UTI it needs to be treated but a urinary tract infection needs to be treated but you may also need to see a urologist um, because men are much less likely to get a UTI than women because anatomically we're a little bit different and if a man gets it there is a, a significantly higher chance there's something else going on as well and so he needs to be looked at that way yeah but we, you knew that, George. You don't, how really, do I get, you don't really need me here on a Monday night. How do I get rid of the black rings under my eyes? Why don't you get rid of them permanently? Uh, do you get black rings under your eyes, do you? Some people do, and some people it's just the way their their, their, their face is. Do you know what I mean? Um, women get rid of them quite easily. Because, With makeup? Yes, they do. Well, why doesn't a man use makeup? Well, I, there's no reason why he shouldn't. One of the things that it is a good idea to... Uh, one of the things that it is a good idea to, to, to think about is the fact that some people who have asthma and their asthma is poorly controlled get black rings under their eyes too. And if you are an asthmatic with black rings under your eyes, you may need to use more inhaler and that will help with your black rings. Will it? Yeah. Listen, uh, I, oh yeah, Barry and Cork wants to come off the drink. And he wants to know, will he use anti-booze? Now, the problem with anti-booze, I have some experience in this, not taking it, but people who have. The problem with anti-booze is you take it, but you don't have to take it. So every time you want to drink, you just go off the anti-booze and start drinking again. Well, there is that, but a lot of people take it because they're determined that they don't want to drink and they find once they've taken the anti-booze, it has a preventative effect because they know that they'll get sick if they drink. That's right. That's the point of anti-booze. If you then take a drink, you get sick. Become unwell. So so should he take it? Possibly. It depends. I mean, I, I would never like to discourage anybody from giving up alcohol because we have huge yeah. issues with it and, and I think it's it's admirable to want to give up and it's admirable to try to give up and it is difficult so I would suggest if you're somebody who, who's thinking about giving up booze because you know you must know you need to um, I'd get myself down to AA for a bit of peer support and I would talk to my doctor about the likelihood of needing something like antibus or also some people actually need a detox George because if you are someone who is prone to having been a heavy drinker um, if you go cold turkey off the booze, you can go into the DTs and you may need to be detoxed. Yeah, but but there is, uh, on drink cigarettes and all this kind of stuff, there's an element of just going cold turkey. Um, if you have a, enough of an alcohol uh, intake on a regular basis, going cold turkey put, can put you in the DTs and the DTs can actually kill you. So, um, oh, this is where you see little pink men. The end little of the pink bed. elephants, and and you're shaking and all of that. Oh. You can actually start to have seizures and stuff. So, ah, I, but he doesn't seem to be at this stage now. To be fair to the fella, but, but, this but is for, you but, again. <laughs> but this for anyone who's again. listening, anyone who's listening and is concerned, I would say go and see your doctor, get a bit of support. There are also medications nowadays that help you to drink less, and that's another thing that 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 might. Uh, be worth talking oh, to your doctor I, about. I, 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 we're out of time, but I, I, I just have to ask him, this is about kids. Kieran's the end of his tether, five-year-old wet in the bed. Wet in the bed at five is not that big a deal, okay? I would actually say that probably between one and three out of every ten five-year-olds are still wetting the bed. Some, In some instances, it's up to four out of ten we think wet the bed at and that age. And do you just tell the kids, listen, don't worry about it, no. it's all right. Well, well, you do do that. Don't make them feel bad. Yeah. But you do other stuff too. You do star charts, George. You do restricted drink. Star charts? Yeah, yeah, where, where they get a reward if they have oh, a dry oh, night oh, and all oh, that. Right. You also um, do a system whereby they don't drink too much in the evening, they drink all the, yeah. the drinks earlier in the day. But here's the thing that's really effective, and we'd like this listener to tell us if it works. Go online, buy one of the alarms that go 
in the underpants and sleep with that. And what most parents tell me is, is that within three to four days, it cures people who have never been dry in their lives at almost any age. How do you mean the alarm in your underpants? Even a little drip of wee sets an alarm off. Oh, right. The problem is these kids aren't waking when they wee. Oh, yeah, So even yeah, a drip yeah. of wee sets off an alarm, the kid goes to the loo and then they learn and we train their bladders. I could Very do effective. one of them. Yeah, we should I get could, one for your yeah. underpants as well. And then you could tell us how no, you got on. but out. a lot of people in my position who can't control it anymore because of the prostate, it, I, I can't, like... Would you not I, be getting a bedpan at this stage? I get about, I get about 30 seconds warning. Chamber pot. And if I don't make it, and I could be in the middle of a radio programme, and the next minute, the Alex researcher is bringing a chamber pot in, in the middle of the right hook. It's all glamour in this studio, George. <laughs> All right, it's uh, the, uh, what is it? Oh, the right hook, I'll check up. <laughs> what is it is right? <laughs> With Dr. Kira Kelly and myself.